0: You are listening to an Elam Christian Centre podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Oh, Thank you Lord Jesus for your presence tonight. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for the way that you draw near to us even before we've even drawn near to you. I ask Lord that you would come powerfully. I ask that you would come radically. I ask that as you are in heaven... That you would be in this place and you would get all the glory as you gain all the results in our hearts, in our minds, and in our lives. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Slap someone a high five and just say you're looking better than last week. So you're really improved. What an honor and a privilege it is to be with you. Uh, I just was blessed. Blessed, blessed, blessed by this morning. Uh, Just, you know, extraordinary honor and privilege to be uh, invited to minister at this church. I consider this church to be not only nation shaking, but significant, and I always have felt that way. I will always remember every time that I visit, but last time I came, the hunger that I experienced. I was um, saying uh, over lunch that it was, I, I do. Visit the odd church here and there around the country, and it was extraordinary. You're like a bunch of piranhas, <laughs> you're like angry mosquitoes or something. Uh, but look, I I'm so honoured, and um, Stephen Beck Screen are just honestly the two most amazing people, most amazing parents, most amazing preachers and leaders, and it's a true honour to be here. Really, really, uh, from my heart. So. Big love from Rebecca and I to them and to you as a church. And isn't Emily Taylor just absolutely (laughs) Little Miss Wonderful? Emily, you are incredible. And uh, what a blessing you are to the whole church. And God's about to bless you. Yeah, God's about to bless you. So buckle up, girlfriend. That's that's a platonic girlfriend. That's kind of (laughs) weird. Girlfriend, what's going on here? Okay, I need to make the most of all this time. Who's ready for the Word of God? And 2 Timothy 1 is going to be our text. God is moving all around the world right now, and it is an extraordinary time to be alive. The richest man in the world is relatively autistic. The warriors are winning. Um, I mean, seriously, it's a great time to be alive. Uh, God is moving, though, in ways right now that I've been a Christian for a long time, and I've been in ministry celebrated 20 years in February, full-time ministry, and I have never seen uh, it like this, that God is doing very similar things in really powerful ways all around the world at once. So we had a global pandemic, a global lockdown, but then now we're having a global move. I want to say that you're seeing the seed form of a global move of God that will be written about in the history books um, and it's really needed. The world is so broken and it's so lost and it's so desperate and it's so in need. Um, even Apple Maps is in need. I put in Elam Botany and it sent me to the Picker was it? Papakura? I turned up just before at Papakura, but they don't have a 5 p.m. And I was like, I'm not in botany. And Apple Maps had taken Ellen Botany, and I, the worst thing about it is I had two bad dreams two weeks ago that I'd missed the flight twice to get here. And anyway, it partly came true. So God's about to move tonight. So this is the question, though, that I want to ask. I want to ask you this. I wonder what you think about this. What's the plan? Like, actually quite seriously, because many of us have been praying for this moment and this season for a long, long time. How's it going to look? Because I don't want to see what God's about to do slip through our fingers. Um, What's it going to take? How are you going to be involved? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought that you could actually be a key player? Did you think about that? You could be a key player in what God does? Now, if the Apostle Paul was here tonight, and he was speaking about this to us, we'd need about 10 hours. He um, spoke very long. And I think he was quite um, mid-tone, Paul. He used to. He had to write a letter to a church saying, "I know my writings impress you, but my public speaking not so much." So, I mean, I don't know what you have in mind with him, but he spoke so long, long one night that a young child f- fell out a second-story building and died on the concrete. But it was okay because Paul raised him back to life. But um, <laughs> I haven't raised anyone from the dead, so no one falling now. But or I'll just reduce the length of the message. But. Um, Paul, I reckon if he was asked the question and if he was to bring the challenge to us about what he's, God's about to do, this is what I reckon he'd say and I want you to swap your name for the name of Timothy and potentially your grandma and your mum. It may not be relevant. Although I would be interested to know if you do have a grandmother named Eunice, it would be quite powerful. Timothy! Oh, oh sorry. Sorry, are you right? <laughs> Come out. So um, anyway, sorry, Timothy. Now you just insert your name there, wherever the scripture is, 2 Timothy 1. Your name goes in there. I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, i constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we're together again. So they're not together, they're apart, and he's writing a letter, second letter. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that the same faith continues strong in you. So your name, okay, you've got genuine faith. And your faith, whether you knew it or not, is carrying on strong in you. And this is why I want to remind you to fan into flame the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not, this is the context of the scripture that we all quote. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. Do we think Timothy was afraid? Do we think he was becoming timid? Not sure. But of love, of power, and of self-discipline. So don't be ashamed to tell others about Jesus. For God saved us and called us to a holy calling. Verse 10, and now he has made us, all of this plain to us, sorry, by the appearing of Christ Jesus. He broke the power of death and illuminated this way to life through the good news. Verse 13, hold to the pattern of wholesome teaching you've learned and a pattern shaped by faith. A whole life shaped by faith and love that you've got in Jesus, verse 14. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us, carefully guard the precious truth that's been entrusted to you. Fan into flame, the spiritual gift God gave you. God's given you spiritual gifts. When Rebecca and I started our family, we've got five children, and there's, there was no Sky TV in Nelson. It's a really weird joke if you think too hard about it. Well, we wanted to make sure that our kids, our kids we raise, we've got a 21-year-old, 19, 17, 15, 13. A 21-year-old, she's a youth pastor, but for all of them, we wanted to make sure that all of our kids grew up in the way of Jesus. So we would talk about him, I I would write out memory verses for the way to school in the car, they got a little sermon every morning, we lay hands on them, we would pray with them, get them to pray, and we wanted that to be the case. And We also wanted them to be able to talk about anything. And ask anything, and I'll be honest. I kind of wish I didn't um, decide that was the plan. There've been some really crazy conversations at dinner, just like things that I you would wish you'd never heard in your life. And I need counselling for like questions about stuff, just stuff. But the reason we did it is is two things. I think my mum was a big part. Even at eight, nine, ten, my mum talked to me about spiritual things, spiritual realities. About how God works. And we talked like heart to heart at that age about the things of God. And I think the second reason was that Beck and I were youth pastors. And we were youth pastors for long enough. I'm going to give you some future advice, and I really want you to take it. Now, I noticed with all the parents that had teenagers who could talk with their kids, but key, had a connection, they had a whole nother level of life experience. There were things in their teenage years that didn't hold them captive and lock them up they were able to bring it up and keep moving on keep getting free from it and that's a future bit of advice for you and your parenting self that your kids don't have to be perfect but they do have to be connected if your kids are not connected with you they'll go somewhere else for truth and you should actually be a great source of truth uh, for your kids so that's a bit of future parenting advice So, a number of Friday nights ago, the most random conversation happened ever. I just arrived back from the greatest hits from McDonald's. A quarter pounder, a Big Mac, a McSpicy, and a double cheeseburger. Thank you, Lord. I go to take the first or the second bite of a burger when Ruby says in front of everyone, we're all there, it's Friday, right? She goes, hey, why can psychics grab hold of information which is true if they don't follow Jesus? Now, I was like... This is Friday. This is my day off. I, I'm a pastor, but I need a day off. I don't want to, have to talk about spiritual things. So I did something that only a long-time married teacher can teach you. I, I simply said, Rebecca, what do you think? <laughs> I just kept on eating my burger. What a smart move it was because Rebecca shares a story with our family that she had never, ever shared even with her parents. She told me when we dated, but she never told anyone else. Before Rebecca came to the Lord she'd been running wild. She grew up in a Christian family but ran wild. She was adopted. She was adopted and actually was was um, well, experienced abuse. So she was struggling with identity 15 16 17 and totally bound up by alcohol. So she was getting hammered in the weekends and 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 in the week as well and and she was rejecting everyone around her and making crazy decisions as well and so she was so broken and hurting. She had a friend that, you know, um, these, these friendships we have are quite important, guys. Because the friend goes to Rebecca, we should go to a psychic. Now, she's grown up in a Christian family. She's not following the Lord, but she goes along with her friend to a psychic. She walks in, she sits down, and the psychic says, She's never met the psychic ever in her life. You're adopted, aren't you? And your birth mother gave your adopted mother one gift when she gave you over to her. And it was a blanket, wasn't it? Beck is shocked. This is 1995. This information is 100% accurate and she has never met this person and no one else other than the birth mother, the adopted mother and her know that a blanket was given and and that that was the situation. Then the psychic says the following, your future is not going to be a happy one. You won't ever find true love and you're going to struggle to ever find anyone who will stay with you. Can you see what happened? What we know about the spirit realm is that information can be collected about you and your past. Spirits. They don't have timelines or date stamps. So there is spirit realm information. And John 10 in the New Testament says the purpose of it is through opening our hearts, it sows a seed which leads to destruction. Got to be real clear about it, okay? Jesus said in John chapter 8 to a group of people who did not know God, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for the devil is a liar, and he is the father of lies. So anything the devil says is absent of truth. It is a lie. It has lies attached to it. And and you add to it as well, suggestive thoughts, half-truths, kind of old wives' tales, um, family mottos, things that get handed down through your family that you swear were true, but they're not really truth. Um, like I was talking about this morning about goodness, relative truth is not absolute truth. And it doesn't matter if it's your truth, sweetheart, um, if it's not absolutely true. Why am I saying these things like girlfriend and sweetheart? What, a, what am I, 63? So watch now. You, you have to understand that about the enemy because otherwise you're a sitting duck, you're a target. And through knowledge, the spirit behind that seeks to win one's attention and affection, and then a seed is sown. So our kids' eyes are like saucers. Their minds are blowing. And then I thought, well, I should chip in probably, you know? And so I did. I said, yep, guys, God gives gifts to his people as well, you know. It's not just psychics who can see into the Spirit. And these gifts he gives are greater because they carry love and they carry life and they carry redemption. And mum gave her heart to Jesus And look, 25 years of being loved by one guy, how good is Jesus? And this is my question. My question is really, really important. Where are all the kingdom people with gifts that will open up people's hearts to a message of life? Where are they? Because meanwhile, out there, they're all advertising 800, 900. I don't know, it's probably online now, but there's probably an app. Again, such an old guy, aren't I? But, but where are where are the people of God who can see into the Spirit and can see something going on and then bring life and truth? You are called to be that kind of minister. You are called to be that kind of person. We're meant to be like Timothy, stirring up the spiritual gifts that are in our lives. Now, we don't know for sure, but something is for, without a doubt up with Timothy because Paul addresses fear and timidity. He's reassuring him of his faith. Have you ever felt like your faith isn't legit? Have you ever felt like you don't have a real relationship with God? Have you ever felt, felt like that imposter, that in spiritual imposter syndrome? Have you? Have you? Have you? I have as well. I have as well, and Timothy did. And maybe Timothy didn't reply to the first letter. But we're right into this thing. And, and I love it because what, what advice would you give to someone who's struggling like that? Oh, do some more devos? Yeah, probably. Um, do some more memory verses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you need to probably, you know, change the music. Yes, all of the above. But I am absolutely flabbergasted at Paul's advice. Paul's advice is you're in this place where you're not firing on all cylinders, you're in this place where you're struggling in your faith. So so the goal here is to get you out of the struggle and into something other than timidity and fear. What are you going to do? He says this, fan into flame the spiritual gift that's in your life. Don't just get by. Don't just do another Bible in a year devotional. It's all good for your streaks to be in a row on the Bible app. But that's not Paul's advice. Paul's advice is God's put a gift in you. You have to stir it up, and it's going to get you out of the spiritual doldrums. It's going to get you out of just getting by. It's going to get you out of that place, that funk, that weak space of just being battered around by every wave of teaching. You've got to get it stirred up. When you were born, there's gifts that were put into your life, natural gifts. Some of you are musical. Some of you are clearly not. Even the cats run when you sing. Some of you are organized. My wife is so organized, God had to give her someone like me just to have something to do. (laughs) So, <laughs> some of you like to use a new towel every day. I feel like that's a human right. But Rebecca tells me, no, it's not a human right. Can you imagine the load of washing for seven people? Let's move on to other things now. <laughs> so you got gifts and abilities, and you're structured or unstructured, creative, or you're management-minded, or you're you an artist or whatever. But when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, when you confessed Jesus, when you came to the cross, the Bible says what? You were born again. Now, when you were born again, guess what came with that? If you were born first time naturally, you received gifts. So you are the way you are. But if you were born again, the Bible says that at that birth, spiritual gifts were put inside of you. But just like a young person who grows up in the sort of family where gifts aren't natural, gifts aren't nurtured, Christians can grow up in environments where their spiritual gifts aren't nurtured. So then we've got psychics doing the work of their master, but well, we've got no Christians doing the work of theirs. We've got no kind of like, what is it? Tic-tac-toe. What, what am I thinking of? A tick, tick, tock That's what I was thinking. We can't, we're not able to go toe-to-toe. That was all I was thinking of. What the heck? I'm so sorry. So sorry. Welcome to the mind of Graham. It's terrible. We're not able to go toe-to-toe with What's actually going on in the world? And people need the Lord. People need breakthrough. And so, Timothy, here's what's going to get you out of the doldrums. Here's what's going to get you out of spiritual timidity. Here's what's going to get you out of lukewarmness. Here's what's going to get It's not self-loathing. It's not physically beating yourself. It's not triple tithes, although I dare you. But it's not that. Fan into flame. What are you thinking now? Fire. So, the gift of God, the spiritual gift of God, is like a fire in your life. And if you can stoke that thing up and if you can keep it moving, it is going to light some things up. It's going to produce life. It's going to, it has to be tended to. And so, there's not a single person in this room who has given their life to Christ, come to the cross, who has not got at least one spiritual gift. You've got one or more. That's how it works. So, here we go. I'm going to read you some scriptures and then I'm going to tell you about these gifts, and then I'm going to tell you how you can get them cranking in your life. Ephesians 4 says there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. So so everybody who's been called to Jesus, you're a called person. Now there's one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. I love that. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore he says, now, now listen to this. This is describing what happened at the cross. And, and if you believe in the cross, and if you believe in you know, his death, burial, resurrection, it also means you've got to believe in this. When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Some to be apostles. Well, they're like pioneers and beginning, you know, starters of great endeavors. Prophets, people who can see or discern. Evangelists, they're people who win souls. Like men are like fish, and they net them in. There's pastors, people who care and love. There's teachers, those who uncover the truth. For the equipping of the saints and the work of the ministry, so that the body of Christ comes to unity in the faith, knowledge in the Son of God, because we lack the knowledge, we've got to get it, and be perfected to the fullness of Christ. And, and it goes on in verse 16 to say, it's going to cause growth in the body, meaning God's adding people all the time from the community, those who are in the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, just like he did with Rebecca. Romans 12 says, we have been given different gifts. If your gift is prophesying, then flip and prophesy. If it, oh, that's the new Graham version, but anyway. <laughs> if, it, if it's serving, then serve your butt off. If it's teaching, then get that morsel of truth and just like... Whoa. If it's encouragement, then encourage, why don't you? If it's giving, by the way, I have, think I've told this story here, but I do know a man who owns four shopping malls. And he is a born-again, spirit-filled believer, and he has the spiritual gift. And he said, I figured if I could get my money working for me, I could, every time someone buys something through a shop, a portion of it is going to the malls, then he gives out of that into the kingdom of God. you got to lift your vision. You've got to lift your vision. These spiritual gifts. If it's leadership, then do it diligently. If it's mercy, then show mercy. And 1 Corinthians 12 goes on to talk about wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecies. These are all gifts of the Spirit. Distinguishing between spirits, tongues—this is just amazing. So, what are they? I'll take you through a short list. Okay. The first one is helps, and it translates to this. It's a, it's a pretty unsexy name. I've got to be honest. Like, what, what, um, what, what, um, what's your spiritual gift? Helps. That's awesome, man. What's yours? Prophecy. I can see into the future, in the past, in the current. What's yours again? It's helps. <laughs> but helps is awesome. It means to relieve or participate in support. Just like Jesus did, he lifts people's hands to support them. We had a couple in our church when Cyclone Gabriel hit that they talked amongst themselves, just a married couple, and they contacted us and they said, we, we want to organize a truck, a to, to, uh, full B-train, two B-train you know, um, trailers, and we'll, let's ask the church and we'll send some stuff up. It came from this, t- this couple. And uh, anyway, so we told our church, within 24 hours, we had to tell everyone to stop bringing stuff. It was their idea. Why? Because they have this gift. It basically means you can help people who are in need. And it might not just be one kind of need. It could be all sorts of kinds of needs, and that's from the Spirit of God. Now, that interests me because that means God's a helper. God wants to help you. Two, teaching. You can explain and uncover truths of God. You can mentor, disciple. You have a hunger for knowledge and for truth. You don't just want to be told something. You want to dig beneath and work out why. Why can you trust that? Why can you anchor to that? You explain something and people get it. The only thing I'd say is if you do have this, don't rely on YouTube alone. Put your nose in God's word and study it. Then you will become an outlet to bless God's people. Exhortation. You are a lifter of people. They go from the lowlands of doubt to the highlands of faith because they're around you. Do you know anyone like that? It's basically what um, Pastor Beck did before. When she got up on this platform, we all lifted. We all lifted. There was an exhortation to come to God to make room. That is a gift. If she hadn't have done that, some of us just would have been like still in this kind of mode. But every time someone gets around, do you have anyone in your life that you can get around and lift and exhort? Actually, You make them feel like a million bucks. That's a spiritual gift. Giving. You're generous with whatever is in your hand. Time, energy, money. There's actually an interesting industrial dynamic in the scriptures. Did you know that Jesus had a tour manager who was financing all of his ministry trips? Do you know that? Do you know it was a woman? Do you know know her name was Susanna? And she was a really onto it businesswoman. Read it. And Susanna was planning all the trips for Jesus and the disciples and she was raising the capital so they could eat and be wherever they need to be because it costs money. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. (laughs) You know, one one gift of generosity actually can break the heavens open. Why? Because God is a giving God. Yeah, amen, brother. I had anxiety break off my life because we had our third child And I thought, Lord, what have I done to myself? (laughs) I was going to say, what have you done to me? But what have I done to myself? I actually came under third child. I came under this low-level anxiety. Um, You can tell God broke it because we've got five. But anyway, (laughs) I was freaking out, freaking out how we're going to do it, how we're going to make ends meet. Three days I was under this cloud. Terrible way to start with a newborn son. He's awesome. This kid's awesome. He's now massive too. And he's benching 125 kilo. It's very intimidating. He comes in and goes, Dad, guess what? I've got a new record. And I was like, shut up. I don't want to know about it. I remember when I used to have testosterone. (laughs) This has been a great service, hasn't it? (laughs) Anyway, um, three days of this cloud. And then I get a knock at the door. And the knock at the door is that our neighbors who are Christians, no announcement, no big fanfare, They've left an entire week's load of groceries at our door. I opened the door, I saw the groceries, and guess what broke off me and never returned? Because it's spiritual. It's a spiritual gift. All of those with that gift should be really thinking about next week as well. Mercy. Mercy is the gift which desires to reach the outcast and the destitute. The poverty might be more than practical. It might be spiritual poverty. You might have a friend that finds it hard to keep following Jesus. And, then, and some of us go through those seasons. Mercy often s- second, third, fourth, fifth, 28th chances. It picks us back up off our feet because that's what Christ did for us. And some of you have the gift of mercy, and you actually need to let it out. Miracles are attached to it. There's the um, gift of the word of wisdom. Wisdom is the key thing in life, and sometimes you just have a key for somebody. It may seem basic, but when God gives you a key, a thought, an idea, it can turn everything around. I could be talking to business people in our church, and I'll just suddenly have a very practical thought. I'll share it to them, with them, and then three, six months later, often, they'll come back to me and say, when you said this, like it just wasn't, I, I was just talking normally, but they went, got it, applied it, and it broke something through. It's spiritual. Wisdom is spiritual. You should get wisdom above all else. You should really get it. Word of knowledge, that's knowing things that are unknown to you, which 1 Corinthians 14 says that can make people come into a great... So you're seeing Rebecca and the psychic in a word of knowledge, but not a not a Holy Ghost word of knowledge, not a kingdom of light one. I was in a meeting, I was preaching, and there was another guy there who was has the gift of the word knowledge. I was 26, 27, 28, 31. I was somewhere around that. As the years go on, these numbers... They they are getting dimmer. And and, um, I I, I just preached, right? And then we had the night session, and he was preaching. Now, up the front, I'm thinking, so what is this? This is 2009. So I'm up the front, and I'm saying to God, while he's preaching, I'm saying, God, I want to walk in more of the prophetic in my life. I'm pumped with what I've got, but I want to go to another level. So I'm in the front row, right, just up here. I'm one of the speakers at this um, Young Adults thing. He stops partway through the message about 30 seconds after I'm talking to God and he says, Graham, you want to do what I'm doing because he was working in the prophetic. And he said, not only are you going to do it, but you're going to go from here to there and the other place doing it as well. It's going to happen. I was like, I'm glad I thought something really godly. (laughs) (laughs) Word of knowledge, it's a spiritual gift prophecy. Unfortunately, it is not predicting more earthquakes. Believe it or not, isn't that a shame? I heard one prophetic man say this, the gift of prophecy is to cheer up, stir up, and build up. In the New Testament, prophecy is to build up, stir up, and cheer up. I drove into town. This is what I'll do. I was driving into town to a meet, with, meet with a guy called Tana. And, and Tana, I'm thinking about him, I'm driving in to have lunch with him. I say, Father, what do you have for Tana today? And I get two impressions. One is that God wants to give him influence. I, it was really in my spirit, okay? I'm not just kind of, I'm, it's a thought that pops into my mind, but it's got a greater weight. That's the best way to de- describe it. But again, I'm just driving in and I'm asking the Lord, right? So I said, what have you got? And then second of all, I felt like Tana um, needs to invest in his family right now. He's got this business that's cranking, like it's about to go crazy. But I was like, you've got to focus on your family. Focus on the family. So anyway, I go have the lunch, we're eating the sushi, sashimi, salmon sashimi, wasabi, soy, oh joy, and a spiritual gift as well. A fish gave its life for that. And so I'm, we're eating the lunch, and then about to finish lunch, I said, oh, Tana, that's right, two things for you. One is, God's going to give you exceptional influence, and it's coming your way. But second thing is, you need to get ready for it, and you need to invest in your family, particularly your wife. Um, I know she hasn't told me there's issues, I don't know that there's any issues, but what I do know Is that unless you prioritize what's here at home no matter how big things get it's never gonna have a solid foundation so maybe more date nights maybe more movie moments maybe just like hanging out um, but that's what i feel like god said to me on the way in for you so it wasn't very taxing was it i just asked the lord got those thoughts shared it he begins to weep seven days prior he'd been in a church service at our church and he had an encounter with god and god said to him in this really powerful encounter. He showed him a picture of his table at home. And on it, there were too many things on the placemats. And God was saying, you need to clear the room and just have the key things being the key things. So it turned out God really did want to speak to Tana. And God wants to speak to you as well. God doesn't want to just speak in here. You see, the body has got to get out there. We've got to get in our business meetings. We've got to get in our school classrooms. We've got to get back in our homes. We've got to get out there. Faith. Uh, Worship team, come. Faith, that's the gift that shakes the foundations of doubt and fear. So Rebecca has this gift, right? Believes what God says is true, and you feel it, and mountains can move. Gifts of healing. God raises us up more and more because the Spirit of God can actually take the sick person and make them well. And that's actually a spiritual gift. And maybe one of the reasons we're not seeing maybe as much healing as we'd like to is the ones with the gift need to really rise up. You need to fan that thing into flame because otherwise the body... I'm not talking about here, I'm just talking about probably globally. Miracles, we need to have miracles. That's a spiritual gift. So you can bring an answer to prayer, you can see a solution come. It's just a sign, wonder, and miracle. It's just, oh man, that was miraculous. You can't explain it, it doesn't make sense. Isn't that a cool spiritual gift? I want to talk about this one, discerning spirits. That's a God-given ability to see behind what is going on, what something's happening. I've said to our church regularly, and I'm banging on about it all the time, that each one of them that are mature in God should be able to be called upon to bust the work of the enemy in somebody's life in their world. There's no point ringing a pastor as the only... I got a phone call late last year. People are um, seeing shadows walk down their hallways. Now that sounds ridiculous and weird well it's not when it's happening and kids have seen it as well in their family so they ring up and they're like man weird stuff's going on in our house so I took another pastor around we both went in and we're praying and I started to feel real queasy real sick and then he goes he stops and he goes hey um guys I'm feeling really ill I'm kind of fe-. I go are you he goes yeah I'm feeling like nauseous and then the mum whose house it is she goes oh Man, I was about to say something, but I feel like I want to vomit. So all three of us are praying through this house and all feel sick. So now what we're thinking is, right, something's off. And so we begin to talk, and it turns out through just a conversation, we're not trying to get ooky spooky, but all we're trying to do is deal with the thing. Something must have gone on in that house prior to them moving in, because these are Christians, that has actually disrupted the peace so once we worked that out, we just went at it. And what we landed on, because it just felt right in our spirit was, I think that somebody has died. Some sort of death thing is going on. And it's just rearing its head, rearing its head. Well, once we really targeted it and just stood, I don't have to hoop on, I don't have to yell. I just have it authority in God. You have it as well. Shock and awe. I stood in it. As soon as we broke it, guess how the three of us felt? Completely normal. The discerning of spirits is a key thing. Once you get a family and one of your teenagers is off, you want to have your prayer radar up. What's going on, Lord? What's going on? Rebecca and I have done much praying through the bedrooms of our children in these situations. But I want to say this to you, that each one of you has the capacity to actually be called on by a neighbor to go and sort that house out. The only thing you might be lacking is experience. you got the gift, but you just got to activate it and step into it. Now, if we get hold of this, we're going to see multiplication. We're going to see the church just take off. And there's other gifts as well. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, administration, that's a gift of leadership and governance, apostleship, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. We need all of those gifts for this move of God. So I'll finish with this. How does it work? And, the, and I think this is probably for you guys tonight, this is where I'd love you to think about writing maybe these down. Number one, how does this work? How can I see that released in my life? You must know they are yours and can be yours. You're going to have one or two, or you're going to have one or more of these gifts I've, I've listed. Um, to each one, grace was given. This is not up for debate. Jesus did it when he descended into hell. He came up out of the grave to give you gifts. So you've got to know this is actually part of what is ours. Number two, and this is key, and I want you to think about what I did that night in that conference is on on that front row. I'm having a conversation with God. The guy's preaching. But two, you've got to desire this greatly. You've got to get yourself out of the rut that you're in of what you're experiencing and and where you really believe that God could take you and you've got to say, God, I flippin' want to do this thing. I don't know how, I don't know how it's going to look. First Corinthians 14 says but earnestly desire and strive for the greater gifts. That's a command. You, you want to take yourself on a journey today of going, I really want to go somewhere higher, Lord. I don't want to just go to heaven when I die. I want to get heaven to earth while I live. And thirdly, you want to get people around you who are using them, because more is caught than taught. So whenever the church runs one of those um, encounter supernatural um, courses that are run, Whenever there's specific revival nights, whenever your guests come in, like if ministers come in who do function in this, even in your connect groups, even in some of the prayer ministry team, get around them, get around them, get around them, get around them. That's how I've learned. I've just learned by being around people and then that's helped to release me. And then fourthly, you actually at some point, it has to go beyond desire and I know I can and I want to and I see others doing it. You've actually got to step into it. You have to, Say, well, Lord, I pray for the prophetic. So, Lord, I'm going to meet Tana for lunch. So give me a word. And then when you're at the sushi, you think, oh, this could be weird. It may not make any sense. Please, when you're learning, don't say this. Thus saith the Lord. (laughs) Like, it could be the butter chicken from the night before. You never know. I just say, hey, Tana, I just feel a couple of things for you. And I even say it humbly. Maybe me, maybe the Lord. I don't know. But, and I'm straight into it. I'm not beating around the bush. I've given the caveat, and now this is what I'm feeling. You might have an impression. You might get a picture. Please use social media and messaging to encourage people. Please send a Bible verse. You never know what that gift will do. Please send a thought. I was thinking of you, and I thought of this. Please begin, because you've got to step across the line, take the risk, and fifth and finally, and that's what we're going to do right now, is we've got to fan it into flame. It's in your life. If you're born again, it's in your life. It's in your life. You've got to to breathe that, ask God to breathe his breath on her, but you've got to go there. You've got to go there. You've got to go there. And this is what's going to happen if you don't go there. Do you want to know? If you don't go there, the psychics win. Poor Rebecca might have been believed. She'll never be happy. She'll never be loved, and she'll never find anyone. Thank you, Jesus, that someone intervened, and It was. It was someone who intervened and rang her because they put, God put her on their heart. So the kingdom of darkness wants to win, so what the heck are you going to do about it? You. Hey, I'm, I'm, we're well out of time for more stories, but I just went and saw my 96-year-old uh, grandma just before. That's why I, was, I went to the wrong part of Auckland. She's probably dying, but she's sharp as a tack. And I said, "Doff, how are you doing? And she couldn't believe I went and saw her because I don't live in Auckland. But this woman, I mean, she, she led my dad to the Lord. She leads every person she sees to the Lord. I said, how's it been in here? She's in a, um, a care facility. And she said, oh, it's been great. I tell every person I see that they must meet Jesus. She can't move. they have having to rotate her. And, and I said, how are you doing? She goes, God is good. "hmm." she goes, "You know what? Because my mum passed away a few years ago, her daughter. and I had a bit of a moment because I looked in her face, my grandma's face, and I saw my mum, it was terrible. It was not good at all. And I, um, I haven't seen my grandma since my mum's died for several reasons, but um, she said, "Every nurse that comes in, I pray for them. because the spirit will not rest." The Holy Spirit will not rest until every son and daughter of his is home. He will not rest until you are home with him. He will not rest until people are redeemed and bodies are healed and, and people are set free. And if ever, anyone ever spoke a word over you that you will never be happy. There are a lot of people in this room right now and you're afraid of the future. Here's the gift for you. Are you ready? You've got nothing to worry about if Jesus is your Lord. The future is good for you if Jesus is your Lord. The future is bright for you. I'm not blowing smoke, it's true. God says it in his word. So what about you? What about you? Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Centre podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.